0: Welcome to your sophomore year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we we'll learn from past tragedies to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk at a turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and class session. I'm Pure Scott. I'm retro, man. I'm going monologue or mono (laughs) monologue. Yeah, I'll do one of those too. Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and today I am joined by Freda Jean. How are you doing, Freda? I'm good. Hi, thank you. I'm super excited to have you here. Freida is like, a, a, you call yourself a hexagon threat, but you've got like all sorts of stuff going on. I think there's more than that. There's more points or more sides than that. Oh, you want to tell us what a hexagon threat is?
1: Uh, <laughs> that's something I invented when I was waiting in line for toilet because. I I speak three languages and I do painting, I do piano, I dance. I was a former engineer. And what else I do? I act. So, hexagon.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got a lot of things going on. And um Freda came here to talk to us about also another thing that she conquered in life and that's uh, 7 years of clinical depression, right?
1: Oh yeah, that's That's, it's very, I can't always say it's unfortunate, but I mean, life goes on and I just, I just want to reach out to people and say that you're strong and we can do it together.
0: See, I love that. You know, mental health is something that we all need to focus on and it can't be just the majors. It can't be that we only tag things with the severity when it's an item that's newsworthy. Um, it's actually the minute the minimal things work just as bad for the brain as the others. It, there's no, there's no differentiation inside the mind. So if somebody tells you that they're traumatized by something um, within reason, there's, there's the strong likelihood that there's something that remains there because you don't have the same experiences adding up to who you are. So, you know, something that seems minimal to you could be catastrophic to others. So I just like that we're getting a chance to sit down and talk about mental health. What, um, how did you, you know, what was that journey like?
1: Yeah, um, thank you for asking that, though. It's, it's very hard to um, discover or being diagnosed as um, having depression, because when you I got diagnosed when I was 16 and, you know, teenage years, people are like, oh, she's just being a brat or she's just not like studying hard and stuff
0: but then oh, that's, that's, that's crippling.
1: Yeah. And yeah, then I started like, it's, it was the, the major thing for me, it was, it's very hard for me to understand people or like form logical sentences. And then people around me are like, okay, something wrong with her. Let's take her to the hospital. And then people, and then the doctor realized um, she might have depression. <laughs>
0: So, yeah. So we had a bit of a lag there, but I think we caught up. So you you were saying that the um, that the stigma that comes with it and the inability to interact with people, they kind of label you at that moment as being someone that's, you know, has an issue Mm -hmm. that they want to steer clear of or call attention to. Is that what I'm gathering from that?
1: Yes. Yes. It's it's very hard for um, I think it's all about con. if you're conscious about the issue and especially with family and thing with family and friends is that if you're very used to a person's um behavior and they just seems to be like that and you're like it's pro- they're probably born that way you you never like consciously go there thinking they're that's a mental health a
0: mental health issue so It's by drawing attention to it. You give it life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's something that um, that I believe in as well, uh, that that is how the mechanism is that it's there's a key point that you're going to have in your quote unquote past that's going to trigger that that alternate lifeline where you feel a need to be hung up in that state of mind. And it becomes a repetitive cycle where you become a victim of your own depression over time. And the reality is that you have to get to a point where you find where that trigger point is for that alternate lifeline and find a way to come to peace with it. So you can untie that, that trailer that you're carrying, um, you know, that is called depression and just try not to exchange it for one called anxiety because that's just worrying about the future. definitely definitely so to, how was your journey um were you you said you were 16 so you were young when uh when you found yourself dealing with this how did you um how did you get diagnosed
1: um yeah I was you know in 16 you're in school and then there's like lots of pressure around you and I feel like it was the expectations that were too much and I I just constantly there's a voice in my mind saying i need to do this way i need to do that way and it it, it's just i feel like i can't reach the the expectation that's been going on in my mind well that's how i felt and um externally what the teachers and my classmates are saying are seeing is that i'm not focusing that much on work i'm slow i talk slow and um yeah, it it was a dark time, and people tried. People are kind. They they realize something's wrong. They try to reach out, but I'm just. I was very closed off, and yeah, I I couldn't I, I I couldn't accept help. And then people then there's so much somebody that's not related to you can give you. And then they eventually, my teachers are like, I'm giving up. She's probably just not. that she's probably something wrong is with her. And then they um he contacted my mom and saying, like take her to the hospital. It was a dark time. I was in and out of hospital like for years. <laughs> like every week I just go into um mental hospital and um, and also I think when I say this, like it's a common experience for most people with mental health issues that we don't want to open up to doctors. There's like a huge reluctance reluctant factor that we think it's hard for other people to understand, or it's hard for them to cure us with chemical ingredients. And that's, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true with my journey of this thing. Um, like, like Jay, like what you said, it's always, there's always something that we need to come to terms with, with ourselves. And maybe it's, um, it's a very long term of healing that we need to do. The chemicals, they they make you go through the day, so it, it makes you not that sad, and it makes you focus on things, and you can understand better. But it's still the healing process is still your own, and you need to find what makes you you, and accept who you are, despite what other people expect of you.
0: So <laughs> that's my very long. That's that's sage advice. You wrapped up a lot of things in there. And I think that that's amazing because you 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 landed on um after all those steps that you went through, you landed on one thing in particular that rang clear. And that was that uh, it's self acceptance. Yeah when you chose at the end to give yourself self-acceptance that that started the healing process am i right definitely definitely yeah once you begin to heal or once you begin to look at internally at your own you know situation and how it's being constructed and once you deconstruct those lines that you have it's kind of like a spider web when yeah. when you're walking around And you have other people's judgments or thoughts. They, they, everybody's got them attached to the top of their head right? And then those threads of that spider web will be attached at different points to each and every human. And there's memories within that. There's affects, there's effects, there's all these different situations that are being drawn together. And unfortunately, you're talking about the brain running in those circles and not being able to do it. Guess what? Imagine if you were a merry-go-round and those lines that I just described were attached to all the people around you, like the canopy, it would circle around so many times and guess what happens if you start adding more and more horses and elephants and whatever else to ride on that ride that's spinning around you guess what's gonna start getting fucking tangled up and you're gonna break down. Yeah
1: it's like a tornado around your own self.
0: (laughs) Right. So let me ask you this. How did you find that self-acceptance was the mechanism of healing?
1: Oh that's a great question. (laughs) So yeah. Um after like I was like, not like after I was diagnosed, it's it's always like in me somewhere that I want the, uh, the want the acceptance, I want to reach other people's expectation. And I want them to say, Hey, you reached my expectation and you're good enough now. (laughs) It's it's really stupid, but that's, I feel like that's what most of us are like programmed to do as kids. No, that's not stupid at all. Like, I mean, teachers be like, hey, you need to reach this grade to get an A. And if you get an A, you're a good student. Like that's it's programmed in our brain to for us to want to reach other people's expectations. And that's my problem for me. So I had I call myself I call that my dark ages. It's it's basically me trying to get other people's acknowledgement by getting into good universities and they <laughs> did not end very well because I keep getting rejected again and again. And the first time I got rejected, I was, I was like reacted in a very extreme way. I was thinking about suicide and stuff and my family were very worried. Um, but the more I get rejected, I, I I still get rejected, but the more I get, I get rejected, I just realized that other people's expectations they don't matter because... They have their own agenda. They, when they judge you, uh-huh, you they they, ha- they don't even, sometimes when they judge you, they don't even like look at completely about who you are They just come up with a judgment and then be like, like, why should,
0: why should we care about what other people think? It's not their fault. Yeah. It's, it's, it's programmed in us by society. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like
1: now I just finished. Cognitive bias. Yeah, absolutely. Now I just finished my student years and now I'm working just started working <laughs> and it's 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 like it's it's dawned on me that i just realized how stupid the school system was i, I try not to rant about it but still about trying try to get an a about a dude writing an essay that's good enough it it, it does teach you to have discipline and respect for what you're doing but I feel like the when they are just keep reinforcing the idea that there is a single standard of being good that's just not that's not true and not healthy and that's not how this world works. I I love I was just on a set um called Megalodon Rising and That's how it, sh-
0: it should not work that way.
1: It doesn't work that way at all. I had so much fun shooting with those great people great director great dp and we work together for a product that we desire and and it's it's about our vision it's about us trying to get what we want instead of having somebody else judging what is good and yeah that's it's not how this world works and It just makes me feel stupid that all these years I've been thinking that I need to reach some expectation.
0: (laughs) It's an aha moment that you get living in other people's expectations and underneath the reinforcement that is the school system or governmental and those types of things. I mean, what we failed to realize is that we needed that time frame in order to move forward as a you know, as a species, as humanity went through that industrial revolution where they created the manufacturing process to give us the ability to move forward as, you know, humanity you know, should. At the same time, it also was a way to create a system to manufacture the people as well with which to move forward progress. If you require people to go to an educational system for 12 years, you sit them down and you grade them for eight hours a day and you tell them that they need to give and take your information from them. Then at the end of that 12 years or the 16, if they go on to, you know, to college or whatever it might be, they move on to that portion and everything that they've everything that they've done is for somebody else. I absolutely agree and that's it's it's a system designed to keep you set up to be a manufacturer. So what happens is you have no uh, you don't have any way to fight back against the pre the cognitive biases that have put in you to allow you to operate within that system and give those eight hours. And the school system itself does one additional thing. It separates it by two sections and that's white collar and blue collar. And that separation allows them to continue the machine moving forward. You have a group of people to keep it running and then you have a group of people to invent new shit. And then how do you make it even better? You put some kind of weight on being on the other side versus that side and then you separate them that way so they compete against each other forever it's just a system in order to move progress but we're starting to wake up as as a species we're starting to come to the realization that it's not necessary to go to 12 years of school or 16 years of school in order to find our self so to speak we're not defined by societal you know societal judgment we're decide we're de- we're defined by what we authentically do. Absolutely. What we authentically do is what we're created for. I don't care if you're religious or whatever you are, if you are yourself 100% authentic and if you're not, then you're spitting in the face of your god, your belief system or whatever it might be because you're supposed to be created as you are. We're not supposed to fight against it. The breakdowns that we have in life are solely because of the fact that we can't comprehend what's going on around us.
1: I love that insight, Jay. That's so beautiful. Like I like I, I've never like thought of it that way. Like I never I like I hate the education system. I <laughs> I, I really hate it, but I, I it never dawned on me that it was designed that way. And the education system has a purpose. Yeah, it you make so much sense. Like that's why we are taught to compete and Whenever you're good, you get rewarded and yeah, that's that's really fucked up. Sorry about my language. That's really... It was was a
0: system that was needed. It was a system that was required to get us forward. But now that we have a more broad understanding and now that we've taken on a larger amount of information with the advent of AI and the internet and that that collective consciousness, if you will, now that we have all that information, we can share differently and we can create roles in society and different avenues with which to proceed forward. And I think that that's going to happen. but change sucks. It always sucks. And it's always there. It was the only permanent thing in the world. So it requires people to be different, to affect change, to take steps outside of their comfort zone, to give people different experiences. And then also to cut those threads that tie us to each other that are cognitive bias. We've got to realize that what we're seeing is not what's real. It's what was put in our minds from birth. That's absolutely
1: true. That's that's absolutely true. And also, we are scared. Like I feel like that's not our fault. But as as an animal, we are scared of seeing unusual things. And whenever somebody is different, and the rest most of um, the rest of it will be like, "Oh, he or she's different, and that's not good." <laughs> so. But, but we're getting, we're getting very close to having, having a major change, I believe. And because look at what we're having right now, look at, um, look at the youth. Um, and also I'm just, sorry, I'm just thinking about all the, all the people I know. I know somebody that, um, it was my, it was my high school classmate. I think he invented a plant system, I think, on the on the on the space um, on spacecraft. I, I genuinely don't understand it. I'm the artsy one. It's it's just and and he's not like traditionally trained, and I love that. Like people, we we can get out uh, what we want and reach where we want to be without being in the system. And it's people keep people keep talking about it, but we're actually experiencing it, and that's beautiful.
0: It's it's a way to differentiate yourself within that societal grid that they've created, because I can tell you when I got my degree from some bunk ass university online, I went from I went from, you know, five figures to six figures immediately, which is ridiculous. I was no smarter on day nine than I was on day 10 or on day 10, <laughs> the day nine, whatever. I was yeah. the same damn human being. But for some reason, those biases changed. And it, it just yeah. it's all a construct. And it's not anybody's fault that they have that position. We're programmed that way. Um, you know, it's God, I tell this all the time, but it fits the the mold every time. It's the broken tooth. You know, I had a friend knocked his front tooth out. He came into my room, he was laughing, he said, showed me his tooth. And I was like, Of course, it looked funny. I was like, You look like a dodo, whatever. And then it dawned on me at the same time that. Where actually later on it dawned on me because it really hurt my head looking at this fucking missing tooth. Why did he look stupid? Why did he look like a hillbilly? Why? Why? It didn't click with me. And eventually I figured out because somebody trained me to think that if you don't have a front tooth, that is what you are or who you are. That's fucking horseshit. Yeah. That's a really really skewed view of humanity. How many missing tooths did I see on Einstein's face? You know, how many times did I miss some of the nicest people on the face of the earth? Not that I run around judging people, but you can't help but to be a little bit different in situations just because you might assume who they might be based on just something so small as a crack fucking tooth a cracked tooth so if that can be so fractured what else am i interacting with in life that is fractured as well you know I, that that bothers me that scares me because i'm i'm walking through reality with somebody else's script yeah that's oh my god that's so well said <laughs>
1: You're like literally it's a role that that people, somebody else, maybe somebody already died the planned for us. And we are
0: we are acting in that role. Oh, man. (laughs) See, this is something that I'm I'm probably going to start taking heat eventually for this. But I do I do uh, say all the time that I believe that um, humanity is playing make believe because of its inability to cope with death. And that, um, and there's some philosophers out there that say similar things. And, you know, I've read a whole lot of different Perspectives, And that's kind of where I've landed at this point is that we're in kind of a dream state and we're, we're continuing to go through the motions and slowly starting to come to and recognizing that we're already where we're supposed to be and that we can drop the need to carry that trailer that is, you know, all of that baggage that we've collected over the last couple thousand years and we can liberate ourselves from it and become human and actually become another creature where we're standing next to other animals, other people. And we're observing now, not tomorrow, not yesterday or where they are in the rank and file, but we're actually getting the opportunity to look them eye to eye in the moment because anxiety and depression are born of future and past and neither one of them are fucking here. It's now. So once we can figure that part out, then we can start interacting with people in a much, much more constructive manner.
1: Oh, I love that idea. That's so beautiful. And... um... (laughs) I feel like it's probably, I I absolutely love the idea that we are carrying a dream state that's not, that's not reality. And I feel that because there's so many lies that we tell each other every day. Like, for example, the most popular one, body standards. Why should people look certain way? And why is only that way beautiful? Um, It's. I feel like there's something that's animalistic about um, caring about the past and the future because we do uh, uh, when we were animal. We were animal. We are still animal (laughs) when we were like more in a more animalistic state. That we need to care about the future, but it's not that important. We don't need to keep telling ourselves lies to maintain the idea that that there's something in the future that we keep needing to work on, or there's something in the history that we need to cover up. So I absolutely love your opinion on this. Yeah, I, I
0: I agree with you a hundred percent,
1: Facing but facing the truth is hard.
0: Yeah. Body dysmorphia is a real thing. It's, and that is, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. It's PTSD for fucking shaming for the way that you look or not feeling Authentic or good enough with yourself to feel as if the standard doesn't apply to you or that the standard doesn't exist. I suffered from body dysmorphia. I had a lot of issues growing up. I was bullied for it, all sorts of things like that. And it's a real thing to believe what people think about you. It's a real thing to create. Barriers within your own development or ability to pursue careers or friendships or anything that they are if you suffer from those wounds and you gave them life. If you gave them life and you put them in your head, then they have materialization in the now. Once you can realize that they don't and they're not rooted in the now, that they're only rooted in somebody else's head it's part of that spider web or that other line attaching to other people, then and only then will you realize that you don't, that you're not, Fat, because fat doesn't fucking exist. Because you're not, you know, ugly, because ugly doesn't exist. It is an applicable term from society. It is not a term that is born of creatures, humans. It is something used to divide and divide only. Sorry, I ranted a little there. I can't agree more with that.
1: I can't agree more with that. I can't agree more. It's the same. I was I was called so many names because People think like I look a certain way, and I was overweight, and then people start calling me "grandma hippo." I'm like, seriously, you guys aren't you, you guys aren't even creative? These words
0: aren't even <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I like. That. Even, like bad annoying. to The me. fact that it's not creative kind of makes it a dad joke to me. When it's really, really bad, then I kind of laugh at it. Um, at the same time, the reason why people pick at you and find these little items, it's so that they can keep a set of cards in their hand to stay balanced with you. If you have more cards than them in your relationship, that means that they have to remember their mask at the last interaction more than you do. Because you're somehow indebted to them it's it's a bizarre interaction that we have with each other yeah I I love that
1: idea do you think it's a hierarchy issue or something that they want more cards so that they feel more secure but on, on the other hand I see-
0: I feel like that's such a no, no, it's it's a preconceived notion that you would have based on the way that you've been presented with how people act. That is that it's given a nefarious activity versus, you know, an activity that means well or something along that line. But most of the time, people, I think when they're, you know, it's just a guess. I'm not smart. Non-pure scholar. It says not an accredited school on the patch. Um, so I'm not I'm not for sure, you know, how that How that comes together, but as a person, when you look at others and you see that they have certain uh, capabilities or abilities or traits or things of that nature that you wish you had, you will collect and make stock of everything that they dislike about themselves and keep it in your back pocket. Bullies are only bullying, you know, just like they say, you know, they it's because they hurt. Well, it's because they need to cast their thoughts or their feelings. They need to make you feel the way that they do because any happiness you have have means it's happiness that they can't benefit from themselves they don't have it so they don't want you to have it too that's so true That's so true it's so
1: sad that all these agonies i feel like all the agonies that existing they're just keep manifesting and causing agony in other people that they're just only transforming forms but the pain is still there and i sometimes i'm just imagining what if there's a perfect world where nobody is sad and then everybody remains happy. <laughs> That's
0: such a platonic That sounds like a fucking mental hospital. <laughs> I don't want to be in a room of uh, all <laughs> seriously happy people. That's fucking crazy to think that you want that in your life. Then, then, okay, so if negativity still needs to exist, what is it like a smirk versus a super smile? Fuck that. That's weird as shit. Be like living in a land of clowns. that that makes sense when you say it that way (laughs) that's true though we need negativity
1: i agree i feel like negativity is something that makes at least for me negativity makes my makes my happy moments so happy
0: and that's
1: probably the only part i like about that (laughs)
0: You hit the nail on the head because if you respect the negative things that happen in life equally to the ones that give you happiness, or you decide not to provide either one with a judgment and simply live through them, you come out better on the other end. Hey academics. Have you endured life's tragedies, trials, and tribulations? Did you adapt and overcome? Do you have advice for others to pay forward and want to be a guest Then email us a brief two to three minute video to show at the tragedyacademy.com and tell us how our academics can learn and grow from these experiences. Thanks again for your support. And Now back to class. I don't want to remember one of the Ted talk. Oh, sorry. Please go.
1: TikTok. Oh, it was a tech talk. Ted talk. I can't talk today for some, um, a Ted talk. I saw like months ago, that um I, I completely forgot her name. She's a new neuroscientist, and she discovered that she had a stroke, actually, so part of her brain is not functioning, and that part of the brain is in charge of um deciding what to do in the future. and that part of brain stopped functioning for a moment, and she said she experienced bliss because she's completely in the present. And I I mean, we can't do a lobotomy on everybody, and that's that's not like a viable treatment. But it's just something that makes me think. It's 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 true. I I know that is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it's just something that makes me think. What that part of the brain is probably keeping us alive because it needs it decides what to do, what we are doing in the future. But it's just an interesting. Thing for me to notice that how happy no, we can I, be. I
0: I couldn't agree more because when we look at uh, religion or Eastern philosophy and things like that. There's always a push to be in the moment, mindfulness or prayer or chanting or anything of those nature, you know, focus and doing breath work or, you know, counting beads or, you know, if you're reading the rosary or you're doing the rosary, whatever it is. We found methods as humans to move forward the ability to stay mindful. Whatever your derivative is for needing to be mindful, whether it's God, Allah, whatever, Jesus, doesn't matter. The tune is stay in the now. That's all anybody has ever said. Keep treating other people the way you want to be treated, which, damn, that's a really good rule because I've never treated somebody really fucking nice and had them slap me in the face. Just doesn't happen. No, it's just not how reality works. Damn, that's another rant from me.
1: <laughs> it's it's a rant for everyone. It's how most of us are feeling nowadays.
0: It really is. It really is. It really is. So let me, Um, I kind of want to go back to something you had said earlier about the college admissions, yeah. Um, where you were trying to get your degree or get accepted over and over and over again. And you kept getting rejected. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I've mentioned this a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, but um, I had read in a a book about an an example of importance and that um, once you place importance on things, that's when it becomes a a hindrance where you're unable to accomplish what it is that you're trying to do. Kind of like that woman with the stroke saying, if you live in the now you're in bliss. So our ability to predict what might happen to us scares the ever living fuck out of us. So imagine you have a board on the ground and it's probably like 20, feet long. It's a flat board. And I tell you to walk down it. You're going to walk down it real easily. You know, it's not going to be a problem. You'll shuffle, walk backwards or the fuck it is. Right. And then if I took that same board and I moved it 25 feet up into the air and I put it between two poles, but I made it just as sturdy as if it was on the ground. For some reason, at that point, you're going to lose your shit. Your arms are going to be out. You're going to be balancing. You're going to be hugging it like a koala doing all these things, but nothing fucking changed nothing changed. So that lends credit to it's the prediction of the fall or the imminent demise that causes the inability to do things in the now. That's absolutely true. It's the body's reaction once you place that much importance on getting into those universities you were essentially cutting yourself off totally you
1: you pointed that out you pointed it out so easily but it took me so many years to understand that
0: oh that's because i've done it to myself a million times Uh, (laughs) i'm imagining you have like experienced the same thing
1: but that's such a human thing for us to experience that we get attached to things that are not important at all and we place so much weight on it and eventually it crashes us and it was so hard when I first get rejected and then I was like I'm gonna try again next year it was was, I'm speaking I'm telling it easy but it wasn't easy I was like in a mental hospital and getting on on all sorts of chemicals And the second year, I could tried again. And I got rejected again. And then I went to the hospital again. I lived in the hospital for weeks. And then the third year, I tried again, I got rejected again. But this time, I for some reason, I'm like, more peaceful about it. I'm like, okay, I get rejected. So what I keep living my life. And then the fourth year, I got rejected again. And I, I wasn't even that sad. I was like, I got friends, I got people that care for me, I got people that I can create content with. And then the fifth year, which was this year, I I applied for an MA this time. And I got rejected again. <laughs> I'm I'm not even like I love the, your tenacity
0: by the way. No,
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. Like it's right now like I'm I'm not even bothered by it cuz there are so many people that I want to work with, I want to enjoy life with and eventually It was such an unhealthy obsession, but it it ran its course in my life. It's just, it's it's an unhealthy way to run this course. But for me, it just, it is not that important anymore. That Because I've made, I found what made me happy.
0: That's exactly, it's that ability to predict the future, or predict the future, air quotes, because we're horrible at predicting shit. Our worries about what's going to happen are colossally wrong like 99% of the time otherwise you'd be fucking nostradamus nobody ah. gets it right they're always wrong so why yeah. do we start fucking doing it at all what's the purpose in worry I think it's there's Chinese philosophy that says worry is preposterous I, I'm not sure which book I read a lot of crazy shit you know and try to <laughs> get as it's many not versions of why we're here as I can You know what I mean, though? It's Mm -hmm. that ability to predict puts us in a situation where we have already put weight on our inability to do it. That's kind of counterintuitive. That's so true. I want to circle back to one last thing, and um, that was the pharmaceuticals, because you've you know, you were very candid and I can't, first of all, I can't thank you enough for that. Oh,
1: thank you, Jay.
0: Being able to discuss this openly is extremely important. It's it's It requires, you know, strength and self-acceptance. And it also is a calling for people that once they make their bridge that divide within themselves, it's, it's almost like the onus is on us to give it to other people so that they can understand and they can be free of the restrictions. Restrictions of the mind that have been placed on us, but back to pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals—the way that I have come to understand them, and the way that the mechanism with which they can be used—because they are a double-edged sword. They come with a slew of yeah. side effects. However, side effects—I think the more importance you place on a side effect, the more you're going to get. That's kind of the uh, just. A little bit of that mindset we were discussing earlier. I think there's a little bit to that. That said, medicine does have its place. And its place, the pharma, is to get you to a point where you can heal the actual wounds. It's kind of like, imagine a pill is a stick in the spokes of a tire that is a mind. You can't repair the tire until you cram a fucking stick in the spokes.
1: Like you you know what Jay I can't agree more with what you said like that's my that's my complete idea on medicine and pharmaceuticals. Some people are really really um uh, how to say like really don't like it. I mean that that is absolutely true because there are always side effects. But for me, it's it's a nice clutch because there are when you have depression when you have mental health issues. Actually, there are some um, physical changes in your brain that is hard for you to heal on yourself. But with the clutch of medicine, you can you you can start like getting better and until the place that you can heal on yourself. So that's that's uh, that's something that I completely agree. And because with my experience, I was very I rejected medicine for so long at the beginning of um, of like, after I was diagnosed the first time, I was like, I'm not gonna take it. It's giving me headaches. It's making me want to vomit. I'm not gonna take it. But then it, I'm, it's, I'm just making myself feeling worse. And also, I'm not, I'm not healing and not anywhere close to getting better. But then eventually, yes, I, I do get the side effects still, but I'm not, but I'm still on medicine. And it's making me It's it's speeding. It's not speeding up. It's helping me with the healing process. And that's I'm really thankful for that. So,
0: yeah, I think when you combine a holistic approach, because you're not going to get society to bite off on all of Eastern philosophy, especially in America at this point, there's there that is a faster road to self-understanding. However, it's not the accepted road here in the U.S. So you have to come out with a two-pronged approach. I like that we're looking at mental health and meditation in different ways and also at plant medicine and those types of things because those are good alternatives. But in the meantime, you know, the ability to foster meditation and mindfulness and things of that nature along with the pharmaceuticals and things of that nature, you can run them in tandem and start to wean them the different directions. And then just continue to give credibility to these, these plants that are growing on the earth that are coming up that all do the same thing for the mind. Like every single one, ayahuasca, shrooms, weed, all of them do what we're trying to do. And this poor woman, she got a stroke. And within that, she got a moment to feel like DMT, to feel what it is to not have to be concerned about everything else, to know what oneness is, to do exactly what every monk tribe and every other place that don't want nothing to do with us is doing every day. The reason that we don't want anything to do with us is not because they're primitive. We're fucking primitive. We're the ones that don't understand what reality is. We're the ones that are doing shit to entertain ourselves. We walk around and do nighly shit in order to get by in life without having to think about dying. So much so that we have written our script via playing make-believe through Hollywood. If we believe it's going to happen, it will. What is always one step ahead of humanity? Art. What is always one step ahead of what we accomplish? Movies. Why do we keep accomplishing what somebody's idea in a movie is every fuck in time. We do because it's a script, because it's uninhibited. When it's created, it's created in the now from somebody's authentic artistic mind. There's no inhibition. And that gives it that initial push for everybody else to get behind it and make it a reality. Why the fuck do you think we got hoverboards and everything in between? Dudes floating between boats with freaking looking like Iron Man and everything. Yo, we don't have a need to do that. There are no animals out there. If Otherwise, evolution would have like rabbits growing jetpacks.
1: Oh, my God. Um, it's so funny. I'm just imagining it. In it um, like, I, I absolutely I can't agree more. I, I have this very. Rabbits r- with jetpacks, man. I have this very radical idea that people not going to agree. Um, I think artists every and in, in every walk of art that we have a huge responsibility to shoulder because what we are doing, life imitates art. We act, we do create people's expectation. And if you're only obsessed with the capital, with what the producer wants and you're feeding people, feeding them unhealthy ideas, feeding what they desire but what they don't need you're pushing society one step closer to its demise um the, this evidence that i like to think about is hitler was an artist and um it's it's
0: just something that sure i think he about i mean that, he was an eloquent speaker he knew how to manipulate so many people into feeling or transferring their inadequacies to a larger you know governmental shit deity as far as they were concerned and they followed him into you know the abyss and, and marched right along we've seen it throughout time we've seen it recently we see it you know over and over again there's as artists or as actors the way you brought that up I think that's beautiful that you recognize that um, I was talking to somebody the other day and that there is a very big onus on artists in that when they do own someone's attention attention someone's attention is actually a mindful moment because we can't become mindful in our day-to-day activities we've now plugged ourselves into couches and tvs and things like that so that we can give ourselves somebody else's experience for a certain duration that's the only way that we've found ourselves you know a comfortable position so if you own somebody's eyes and their mind and their heart and their soul with your art for an hour and a half you better make damn good use of it. If you don't, then you're fucking up society. I can't agree more. I can't agree
1: more. That's how upset I am when I see horrible movies. I'm, I'm like, why do these abominations exist? Like, obviously, there's a reason. Well, there's like economy. Hold on. <laughs> I,
0: I have to I have to I have to stop you for one second. I am a huge fan of B movies. As long as your art was made authentically and then it sucks, I'm good with it. Because then it's funny <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, I love those movies too. I love those movies. Because too. you know what they look like in those situations? Mm-hmm larpers uh, larpers are the happiest fucking oh people on God. the planet and if you look like a larper when you're making your movie you're as happy as you fucking can be that's real well that's real that's true
1: <laughs> i the this movie that i really don't like is those um agenda movies i, I don't know how to call it it's like they tr- they, they feel like they are revealing something true yeah, about no, society. that's a good that's a good way to describe it. Uh-huh. And but they are not revealing the truth. They they are putting on a filtered um way of truth and they they are showing the audience They're
0: revealing their truth.
1: That's oh, that's that's their perspective. Mm-hmm, that's true, yeah. And that kind of movie really annoys me because It's,
0: it's like, you're, you're teaching people wrong things and that shouldn't be okay. I don't need somebody else's dribble. Mm -hmm. I've got enough of my own thoughts. I don't need somebody else trying to rope mine up too. I mean, that's just facts. I love that you recognize that. Well,
1: I I, I can't say more because I'm just like, I just started and as, as, capitalized as this industry is like sometimes people don't have choice about what they're making that's their
0: fault no they don't know it but that's their fault the the fact of the matter is is if you pursue your art at your, at your The highest intent, if you get in there and you just all you care about is the art over and over and over again, the money or anything that's needed for it will come in turn. It'll show up when it's supposed to be there, because when you're making art, you're in the now. When you're making art, you are in the now because you're focused on a creation at its finest, finest, most minute piece. And if you're doing that, then other people will come. People will be attracted to it because we're attracted to the stupidest shit on the planet. It doesn't matter as long as it's
1: art. I love that idea. That's, 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 I feel like that's what most of us need to hear right now. Like when people are losing hope, we need to have faith that there will be attentive people attracted to you and your vision. So. I've seen
0: it throughout the creation of this show and the time that it's taken, It, it the paths Tend to come together more like-minded people, larger groupings that are, you know, trying to pass on a message of love, of acceptance, of understanding, of, you know, of just general kindness, for God's sakes, because the rest of it is false anyway. It's somebody else told you to hate somebody, by the way. How shitty is that? We don't want anybody in the world to tell us what to fucking do. We're going to stand on our soapbox every time. You can't make me do it. But everything that you think about somebody else looking at you is somebody told you to think that. That's so real. How fucked up is that?
1: I can't say. I can't say how much I agree to that. I have this very strange idea about Olympics I for some reason I get triggered when I watch Olympics. What kind of pics? It's, it's a very it's a very personal thing that oh, I the
0: Olympics. You get triggered during Olympics, the Olympics? The Olympic Like Games. is it the gun at the beginning of a race? Or <laughs> is it uh you know, you you have a phobia of rings? Mm-hmm. Or is it like uh you don't like national anthems? <laughs> like is that the thing or what is it? <laughs> oh, national
1: anthems It'd be like, oh the one this one is really bad. I don't like it, no. <laughs> it's just um the I mean it's it's always it's it's such a human thing that we want to find out who's the best and it's such an evolutionary thing it's natural but I just don't like the idea that somebody needs to be the best and I know it's so counterintuitive but it's just a thing of me that I don't like. With, with
0: sports, <laughs> I kind of fell off the uh, the grid with sports because it almost felt like it was people trained to do things in front of us to own some time and they didn't realize that they were trained to do it all because they're getting money or biosurvivability tickets or whatever you want to call it in order to move up their rank and file. It really hurt me with TV too. I can't stand TV that isn't, building me um, towards a better human. I mean, I still like, you know, to laugh and mindless shit. But after that, I don't like any, Like, I can't handle overly emotional things or things that if your show has an ending song after every scene, like the show is about to end, I don't want to watch you. Because that's too much emotion. I don't need you playing violins every time you fucking leave an interaction between two people. Yeah, it's fucking horseshit. It's too much of a roller coaster. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy does that shit. My wife loves that show. I'm like, is it over? No, but it's over, right? That's the ending. I hear the song every time. It's gotta <laughs> I be over. Was like, nope, more emotions for you. <laughs> Dude, all these emotions. Um, I think they're worth it. They're worth it so that we can figure out where we're going. Worth it so that we can appreciate the happiness. Um, I can't thank you enough, Frida, for coming on and and talking about things that are so personal. My God, so personal. Um, and you know, keep doing what you're doing, focus on that mindfulness. And I I firmly believe that the only way to help other people is to help yourself first. If you can find out that being authentic is truly what you are meant to do, then you're able to give people uninhibited help going forward because you don't have an agenda yourself.
1: Thank you so much, Jay. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's I, I, I truly appreciate your work. It's words, so much the fun. Idea.
0: It's so much fun. Yes. All right. Remember, be cool and keep learning. Hey, academics. Thanks again for attending another class at the Tragedy Academy. You can show us some love by subscribing, downloading, and rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or ask Amazon Alexa to play the Tragedy Academy podcast. You can find links to all major podcast platforms and past episodes at the TragedyAcademy.com. You can find us on all the majors of social media, on Instagram at the Academy 2019, on TikTok at the Academy, and on Twitter at Tragedy underscore Academy, where we'll post our clips of upcoming shows, updated info, and thoughts. If you'd like to be a guest, send an email to show at the tragedyacademy.com. Keep an eye out on Instagram for Tragedy Academy giveaways. Thanks again for coming to class and remember, be cool, keep learning. What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items, things like the fly was over four inches to the left or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey, you'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, they've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents, and Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink They don't fade and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles and the art is nothing short of spectacular with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. End of the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30 day money back guarantee, lightning fast shipping and hassle free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes, Get over there, check it out. I'm highlighting the tees, but I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up Into the AM. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to the tragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.